you coming back in here with dusty jerseys. I want to see you coming back in here with bloodstained jerseys. Now. Look at anybody going sitting of a pint with those boys after that. And the referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis. Alright folks, welcome to Welcome to Three Man Weave, the Balls of the EGA podcast. An unbelievably exciting weekend ahead. Two boys here are certainly excited anyway. Mark Farley, how are you? I'm not too bad, Mark, just the crack. I'm not much now. How about you, Mick? Good. Exciting weekend. Premier League's back. We've got a rugby international. There's oh, wait, sorry, that's yesterday's show. Sorry, tell her the semi-finals. That's frankly too much sport on this weekend. There is. Yeah. And, and me and you are both going away. Oh, separately. Disaster. We're going to have to be sneaking off to watch sport in all angles of phones and laptops and corners of the pubs I and restaurants and everything. I have to go away at the weekend and apparently tomorrow I have to go hiking and lend a lock. And I was packing panically this morning and uh, had all the different bits. And I was like, what else do we need? What else do we need? And then I thought, headphones. <laughs> because who knows what might happen tomorrow where I need to go and uh, sneak off behind a tree. And uh, <laughs> we've got... Like, <laughs> It <laughs> sounds so sinister, but you just want to watch Mayo in Dublin. We've got, we've got uh, Leeds against Notts Forest. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Nottingham Forest. Uh, You'll be getting the angry emails. Oh, I know, but I just always do because of uh, thing about what's-his-face. That's a match uh, from the 1990s. Kevin Keegan. Got to play Notts Forest on Thursday. He objected to that. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to play. I wanted to watch Leeds against Notts Forest, and she objected to that. Uh, <laughs> 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 I wanted to play Junior B semi-final, and she objected to that. That's <laughs> the biggest issue. Mayo Dublin, and if I don't get to see that, I'm emigrating. Yeah, I've already, I've nailed down Mayo Dublin. That's happening. We're going out for that. Now, unfortunately, we're with a group of people who aren't the most interested in sport. For example, they'll definitely not hear this podcast. Um, so, there is going to be, the, the, the agreement is we go out and watch Mayo and Dublin. Great. But we need to. I need to also make sure that I'm not kind of cornered by people thinking, "Ah, you're in front of the telly, and that's enough." We can just chat about, I don't know, fruit. That happened to me for the Kilkenny Limerick game a few weeks ago. Yeah, where oh, we'll sure we'll stop off. I need to go home to watch this game. Oh, sure we'll stop off. There's a big group of them. We we'll stop off and uh, someplace sure you can watch it and get a few drinks or whatever. So we went to a pub. Go out to the smoking area. There's like a 30 inch TV on the wall in the smoking area. When I say smoking area, like an outside yeah, what sitting them? down area. Uh, sitting down area outside in a, a bar outside. <laughs> Whatever you, anyway, so they're all sitting around a table chatting shite. I just like snuck off <laughs> fight after five minutes. <laughs> Didn't stutter me over in front of the big screen. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I think I'd like to do is like instead of, instead of the, uh, who have, we're all going to watch the matches. We all go out or whatever. And then I just go right and just slip off into another room and get into it. I hate watching games in pubs. Depends. I know I'm, 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 I'm sort of maybe cancelling any possible pub sponsorship we might have on this <laughs> podcast but you need to concentrate I need to, you do need to concentrate I need to, see, yeah, I need yeah. to understand what's going on hear the commentary properly so I can give out about it but you can I feel like you can you can relive it with reports and watching highlights and stuff like that and kind of get a different perspective on it and then you have two perspectives and it's do good. you know what I actually hate watching games with people yeah, that's, I agree. Now that I think about the pub isn't the problem, it's the people. <laughs> what about if it's 82,000 people, oh, yeah. which are going to be in Crow Park on Saturday? That's pretty good. We've gone off the rails again, Morris, I have to be honest. Uh, you started off with a plan, me and Mark started talking, and that was 15 minutes ago. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> while you bring up attendances, we're talking about a sellout on Saturday. Um, Alan Milton said that they're expecting 60,000 on Sunday. So there are two crowds that are way better than... Last year's semi-final attendances. I think a large part of that is down to the team. Well, the vast majority of that is down to teams involved and the fact that they're grudge matches. But also, there definitely has to be an element that people are expecting much better football this weekend mm. than we were heading into this weekend last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah or even whatever D- last year, Dublin, Galway, Tyrone, Monaghan. They weren't the most. They weren't the. You weren't overwhelmed by. You weren't expecting a spectacle. Yeah. It's not like this weekend. It yeah. didn't feel yeah. like this. I was thinking of this morning. Like I can't remember a. And maybe that's because semi-finals aren't that memorable historically, but I can't remember a lineup of four semi-finalists that is better than this. I don't know when the last time it was. Where you've got the two, you've got yeah, the, you've got the, the distinct right, the, the standout rivalry of the two thousands first, and then the standout rivalry of the twenty tens going head to head. They're also, yeah. I think, are they the last four teams to make an All Ireland final. Has any team made it since Kerry last made it? 
Donegal did they Donegal no. in 2014 so Kerry everybody were, Kerry, Kerry Bass, was around yeah. with them yeah Kerry, Kerry were there the following year so yeah. you're right there yeah uh, I don't know it, it, it's um, I think maybe 2014 when you had Donegal the Jim McGuinness Donegal coming up against Dublin the last two All-Ireland champions up against each other and then you had that Kerry Mayo yeah. But maybe Kerry Mayo wasn't as exciting until it happened. I, yeah. You know, maybe, in, maybe you know, because that was obviously, they were two of the greatest games of yeah, all time. But I don't know whether we knew it beforehand. Year, yeah. yeah, I don't know if we, if we knew it beforehand. Yeah, I would have said that as well, that the 20, Dublin Donegal 2014 was better after the fact. That the, the, obviously there was a, but going into it, like, I can't remember as much anticipation about whether or not McGuinness would pull this off or not. It was yeah. kind of, this like, is Donegal the, yeah. had a poor year the year before and Dublin yeah. looked Dublin at that stage, there was no question marks about that. Yeah, that, that was the juggernaut, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't, you see, don't forget, they hadn't, they'd won two All-Irelands in three years or whatever. They hadn't done what they've done since. And there was a question mark, there absolutely was. Because I remember very, very vividly that I was away on a stag that weekend in Liverpool and we landed the plane and there was about 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes gone in the game. And there was like a check-in of the phone and it was, I think it was 7-2 to Dublin or something like that. And the whole plane was like, there was a very relieved um, sense from the Dublin people that they had that lead. Now, by the time we got in through passport control and went in, Donegal were winning by five up. points, I think, <laughs> by the time we got into the bar. But I, like, I don't think it was as... Uh, I don't think it was as guaranteed that Dublin were... That it, was a, like a, it was a shock, but I don't think people... I think people were worried about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Although maybe in the same way that Dublin fans are worried today. Like, I would say Dublin were way heavier favourites in 2014 then I don't know the spreads this week. This What's the name on, of the podcast? Exactly, getting <laughs> on to that. Uh, I'm defending... It's my belt now, isn't it? Who knows? Can I quickly just say <laughs> about... Gary Connett's belt. That I find it very interesting. Why? We never gave him a chance to defend this title from about six <laughs> weeks ago, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, last week, I think Morris won on the playoff, didn't he? No, I think he won like 4-0 last week. You got none right whatsoever, and he, he got oh, yeah, closer on all four week. games, but didn't get any particularly right. So it was a bad week, but Morris is de facto champion. Really, really quickly before we move on to that, I want to talk about the attendances, right? Because you got 82,000 Dublin Mayo, and it's great to see, obviously, Mayo fans are unique, and Dublin are coming out for their big rivals for the first time all year. But you have to always take Dublin out of that equation. But it is very interesting to me that 60,000 seems to be the mean for you know an an interesting semi-final you know and not a kind of a dramatic uh, who knows what way it's going to go semi-final because if the two hurling attendants i think were something 60 and 65 and now you're looking at 60 for this game it does seem to be kind of what it'll almost be like the perfect uh size for crow park other than the fact that we do fill it by twenty thousand more literally three times a year at this stage you know for one dublin semi-final and for yeah. Uh, the two finals it's kind of been that good while though now like I remember yeah. that Kerry Mayo game in 2014 was 60,000 as well or 62,000 I'm fairly it's sure. a huge number like yeah. really if you think about it but it never feels but incredible in Crow Park because it feels, you'll still have the Nally empty yeah and I don't know though it's it's cool like, what cool is a terrible word I don't know why I'm using that it's it's nice though that like like say I remember them games like say you're Kerry and Throne did anyone go around now you're going into your weekend you just you know what I might go up to that game yeah. Rather than it being the double Mayo issue where everyone's scrambling for tickets and it's so, like it's great that it's sold out one way, but another way it's just not, like I don't think you want it sold out. Yeah, all the time. True, and I suppose my point is that like if you're looking at three of the semi-finals out of the two sports this year, you're talking about sixty, sixty-five thousand, and we should count that as a great number, and that that's a, like that's a nearly a peak JA number, and that's before you start getting the kind of the corporates going in for the All Ireland final or the day outers, you know, for the All Ireland final. That that's actually a big GA audience for what is the kind of the last true fans um, day of the year, if you know what I mean, because yeah. All Ireland tickets are an industry unto themselves. Like, and it's, I think it's particularly interesting to see that that attends so strong during a five and row drive, like John Fogarty in the oh, was it John Fogarty in the Examiner. No, it wasn't. It was Martin Brettany in the event. I, I was off yesterday, so I bought a load of papers. Sorry. <laughs> it was Martin Brettany in the Irish Did you do that when you're working as well? You <laughs> left them all in here in the podcast room <laughs> during the week. Yeah, sorry. Martin Brettany in the, in the Irish Independent had an article yesterday that um, when Kerry played uh, Armagh during that semi final, in their drive 5 and 82, there was only 17,000 at the All Ireland semi final that year. And the other semi final, I think, was something like 20,000 that year. So when you think about how far we've come since then, like the. It does capture the public a lot better, obviously, now than those like, supposed 
the, the glory of, days. The yeah, hay, that's yeah. a very important point. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Should have had even sure again. It's the move from the Sunday game to start actually showing games live and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a difference. Right. So that was supposed to kill attendances. Yeah. We won't go into that now. What will we go into tomorrow? We're going to go into me defending my belt. Uh, we're going to go into previewing these games. Um, so Mick you're going to referee this weekend I am yeah I found out the spreads because we had to <laughs> we, we acc- one I accidentally heard one on the radio and had nearly had a panic attack trying to turn it off and then secondly was because we were doing our uh, build up podcast yesterday where Morris had a few interesting bets for today's uh, for this weekend's games if you want to have a listen to them but the lads weren't allowed to actually see the odds so Dublin versus Mayo we may as well start there um, I'm going to ask you as the defending champion to pick first um, but I presume before you do, you're going to tell me why you think the spread is a certain way. Yeah, um, yeah, like it's it, <laughs> Mark. Like this, this the for those the, who can't see, I just sat back there as if like this is going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> the big like the when I, I was previewing this game all week, and I was looking at, it, I think for like the I don't I can't think of a game where there's as much gambles riding for a manager as James Warren this weekend. So the, in terms of like pure. Like flat to the mat, cause that could go, like could blow up in his face entirely, or it could end up in him putting off one of the greatest shocks in, in the GA. So, like the what I broke down was Henley or Clark in goals. I think all of us are kind of in agreement that Henley should start now. Yeah, but, uh, which is a weird turn. You, you shot up. No, I think you uh, look. I don't have a strong enough opinion on it that what you said yesterday about the kickouts and all that you can go into again uh didn't convince me i just find it weird because i was always more of a clark yeah supporter than henley but i just think there's been i think that Kerry game exposed too much really and i just it would make me too worried yeah like so the way i look at it right is that if you want to beat this dublin team it's funny you know, you talked about you've got a really active social life this weekend, uh, as did you, Mick. Uh, I don't. So yesterday, this is what I did. Thank I watched. Christ for you. I, I, I watched. I watched I back. The, is, it is rare for me. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I have to point out. <laughs> I watched back the 2017 Dublin Tyrone game, and I watched the 2019 Dublin Tyrone game yesterday. So if you look at both of those games of Dublin in, within the first time, 12 minutes, Dublin had six scores. Of those scores, if you look at the time, what I was look interested in is, you know, we have become, I think a lot of us have bought into this idea that Dublin are the ultimate, you know, really efficient machine and they're going to use possession really effectively and they'll recycle possession if they have to and they'll wait for their, their chance. It's interesting. That's like, in, technically that is true, but at the same time, if you look at the time when they've passed the 45 first time on a possession, when they pass 45 and the score, it's frightening. So it, in that 2017 game, for example, it was four seconds and they started the game with a free, five seconds for a goal, two seconds, five seconds. That's within 12 minutes. That's the time from when they pass 45 to when they get a score. So there was like, they're, not only are they efficient in terms of when they shoot, they're actually efficient in terms of when they attack. Like when they decide we're entering the, we're piercing that Score body zone, of bl- yeah. players in the yeah. 45. We're not coughing up possession then. Like they're, so the, and what, is that coming from like deep blitzing it's, runs exactly, from half-backs it's, it's, and midfield? It's, 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 it's somebody like Fenton McCaffrey coming yeah. on to the butt. Like, so they, but they, the time that, that when they, they're so efficient that not only are they actually timing when they enter, they're ti- or when they shoot, they're timing when they enter. And if you look at 2019 then, they actually, 2018, sorry, the All-Ireland Final, um, they actually started poorly that day. In 12 minutes, you only had one score. But then, so um, that was because they were carrying into wrongly timing when they're carrying towards or taking pot shots and stuff like that. So they adapted when the game went back to the way that they had in 2017 and tore up the script again. Exact same thing. So you had cons, the, the cons penalty. That was only four seconds, five seconds, seven, seven. So they, once, once they cross the 45 and they decide to attack, it, it'll come off. Like that's what they're trying to do. So primary possession is massive in a situation like that you can't deny them that and in a scenario like that i think your kickouts become way more important because if you want to stop dublin you won't stop them by trying to time that like once they do those attacks they generally come off so your kickouts become way more important and that's why i think you the balance tilts back towards henley in terms of get trying to let him do that the other thing right lads in midfield like so we'll do this for both games you look at who you're going to square off against right so you've got in this game, I think it's basically you're talking about Jack McCaffrey, Brian Fenton, and um, Kieran Kilkenny. Like, who who's going to square off on, uh, on yeah, those? I think also Conor Callaghan, but you're probably going. You're almost guaranteed uh, Boyd is going to be on a 
Callahan, I'd say. I, I don't think so. Boyle's been spare man yeah, nearly I think, all I, year. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why Mayo going to leave a spare man. I we've, think we've actually. I love how it's like these are the only three that are that we need to talk about, and then we've got caught in a debate up in the fourth. But I think it is like O'Callaghan's a massive one. Yeah. So well, let's start by the primary three, and we'll move on to that in a second. Yeah. The, so, like, if you're Brendan Harrison, could like that's I, that's what I was going to yeah. think as well. I actually think Harrison will end up. Um, I think there. Harrison. Hold on, I had it in my head earlier on. Uh, Harrison possibly on Mannion, maybe Barrett. So this is either Barrett comes out. Follows Kilkenny around, or Boyle follows Kilkenny around, then one or the other goes. Then, so, say if Barrett and uh, Harrison stay in, then you're talking right Harrison either on Conor Callaghan or and Barrett in the corner on Mannion, or vice versa. But I think if you want to, it depends on what O'Callaghan and Kilkenny are going to do. Like, if uh, O'Callaghan's been marked out in the full forward line, is he going to start moving out and coming out deep? Then you want a Barrett or a Boyle following around the place. Yeah. So, so say, like, so we'll start with midfield and we'll move on to that in a second because it's an interesting point, right? So you've got the Brian Fenton question. So Brian, like, Brian Fenton in last time they played Mayo, Parsons actually ended up squaring off against him. They had Aidan O'Shea centre forward and Shamey in midfield on the other side. But Parsons ended up, no, no, that's probably not an option because, like, of fitness, basically, that thing. So it's probably going to be one of the O'Shea's, Lee Keegan, or Matthew Ruan. Of those four, if they're all fish, you'd probably back Ruan because of his engine. But there's, and I think it's, I wonder that's probably what he will do because James Horne decided, like I was thinking when I watched the game last week, if you really wanted to give the crowd a lift, you would have brought on Parsons at the end, but you didn't, you brought on Ruan. And I think that was to get some yeah. minutes under his belt. But I just don't know how he squares off against Fenton, really, because like there's such a huge difference between being fit, being literally fit and match fit and the one player you don't want to end up squaring off against in the scenario like that is Brian Fenton. I had thought about this. I put a lot of thought into this this morning on the way up, Morris. Uh, a good hour's worth. <laughs> and I've come to the conclusion and I'm about to ring Horn once I leave this uh, podcast room that you go with one of the O'Shea's for 45 to 50 minutes and then you bring on Ruan and put Ruan on him for the final 20 minutes. And for that 45 to 50 minutes you might have to do a bit of shadow boxing or just have it a sort of like not actually follow him everywhere. I think maybe it's O'Shea, Aiden O'Shea, and he sits in that hole that he has been sitting in where he's a, a more of a defensive midfielder and doesn't track Fenton all around the place, lets him have the ball in his own half, lets him have the ball around midfield when they're just passing left and right, but is ready to engage him when they go to make that burst across the 45 because that's when you when Fenton is really at his best is he arriving late on those attacks like you were saying actually because that was I'm thinking this and you make the exact point about their time inside the 45 how often is that something out on the wing and all of a sudden you'll see Fenton or McCaffrey bursting through the middle and there's a they'll wait till that space opens up and then they'll hit it whereas O'Shea concentrates on nothing but waiting for Fenton to make that burst and is ready to engage him the minute he gets anywhere near the goal that way because I think if O'Shea tries to track him all around the place it's going to leave a hole in the middle it's also going to uh, run the legs off O'Shea and Fenton is it's not that like every time Fenton is an athlete and he can run all day and he can do whatever there's a difference between being able to run all day and being able to run all day at pace and it's the fact that he's still able to get get sprint at the end while also covering every blade of grass is what's so incredible about him. So I think what you do is you you sit, you bide your time, and then you have Ruan who won't... Because Ruan, there's a danger, as you're saying, that if he hasn't got match fitness in him, he could burn out in the first 40, 50 minutes. After that, he needs... Like, it's the last 20 minutes you need to be prepared for as much as the first 50. Yeah, like, I, I, I think you need to... I disagree. I think you need to hunt... Fenton, I don't think you can sit off him at all. Like because Crooks is so quick with his kickouts, even if you let him free for five seconds, he's an option. And then he's running, and he's got road in front of him, and suddenly you've been somebody's been pulled to square off against him. I think Lee Keegan should go on Brian Fenton purely because it's funny when you watch the the game in twenty seventeen when these two teams played. Fenton wasn't tracking Parsons really. Parsons was tracking Fenton at times, but say when Mayo had the ball, he wasn't really tracking him. So often he'd kind of sit off, wait, and then they'd break and he's bursting and he's gone there. So you, I I think if you want to square him off, you need to sacrifice a player and the man who could do that, both in terms of that kind of as a kick-out option and squaring him off is, is Lee Keegan. That means Keegan doesn't take Kieran Kenny if in, in that scenario. But I still think that you need to 
Like, in an ideal world, Ruan would just do it. But I remember when we, my final year of, of, of college, so of schools football and playing, I got, I got injured. I, I hurt my wrist doing boxing and I couldn't, so I, I couldn't play contact in training. But I was doing all the training. Like, I was as fit. I remember we did a beep test with our club at the same time. And I, like, I was ma- massive high, second highest in the, th- in the team time. So I was fit, but I wasn't playing games because I'd, I'd hurt my, my wrist. And then we played Sawtill and Shane Martin, who won an 121 medal with uh, Galway, was playing. And I, and I knew he was a way better footballer than me. So I was, I was just going to be totally happy to do a, to cancel him out, like let us do his cancel out and carry him everywhere. And after 20 minutes, lads, I thought I had the flu. Like I was dying. I couldn't, I couldn't understand why I wasn't able to live with him, even though, and I'm not talking about like he was a way better footballer than me anyway, but even in terms of fitness, he ran, the, he absolutely ran me into the ground. And it's, there was such a difference between the running that I was doing, like just general fit at maybe at 60% of capacity and getting up to 80% and then trying to recover quickly to get back down again. I couldn't, I couldn't live with him. I took him off at half time, like literally just in terms of I burnt out. And that's what, like the the danger is there for somebody like Ruan in a similar scenario if you're trying to come in. So I don't think he can do it. I don't think the the O'Shea's can do it either. I I think you need to square him off, and that's why I think yeah, Keegan could fill in and do it. I don't think Keegan's going to be able to compete with him on kickouts, and that's yeah, the it's issue a threat because yeah. like Fenton, he's given away a lot of height to Fenton, and like maybe it's an option that. You you can switch up obviously you know on the kickout but like doubling a kickout's way so fast it's not it's, it can't be like if O'Shea one of the O'Sheas and Keegan are twenty yards apart it's like on here a minute Stephen till we uh, till we get started here and we but, switch over. Well, I like, think when you're competing with Fenton off a kickout, it's it's about your what level of ego do you have? I that's the way I would look at it. Like in my head, you can't. I somebody like Keegan, I think, is a good example of this. I don't think he would have the level of ego where I have to compete with him and catch it over Brian Fenton's head. Like I think Keegan would be totally happy just to spoil him, just to spoil the ball. It doesn't matter who wins it as long as it's not Fenton. I he would accept the like it's like it's not an acceptation of limits of your ability. It's accepting that there's somebody who's an extremely talented athlete and you just need to spoil it. Just that's all you do. You don't have the threat of him going inside the way Murphy did into a full forward line. Say, like, if Keegan comes on and starts on Kilkenny, which is probably the likelihood, like, let's be honest, that he'll do no, that I job know. again. I think I, I would say it's probably more likely that he goes on Fenton. Well, well, yeah. I, I, I actually think, I, I, even though I'm talking about O'Shea, I was just like, again, just thinking of what could you do, but I think it looks like it could be. If, if Lee Keegan is a... a a stopper you know one who scores a goal for Mayo against Dublin because that's Lee Keegan always does that but you know if he plays a stopper you're talking about Aidan O'Shea having to pick up a man like eventually Mayo are going to have to you know everything about their game plan can't be stopping Dublin they have to do stuff themselves as well and you can't use all of your best players and Lee Keegan might be a half back and he might be someone that's suitable to man mark but he's also if we're, t- we're not talking about who Jack McCaffrey's going to man mark we're not talking about who James McCarthy's going to man mark depending yeah. on where he plays Lee Keegan needs to offer them something in attack as well it's part of the game and Aidan O'Shea definitely does we need to have Aidan O'Shea play with the way he did against Sonny Gall again you know so on that right this is the way the way I would envisage it is that Boyle plays a centre. You know, we talked to Roy Grugan last week, Mark, and he was telling us like the traditional sense of positions don't really make sense anymore. Like, the, the, and he was completely right about that. But the the only thing I say, I say, like, there is universal like, like kind of recognition in the role of a centre back. Like, if you look at the centre backs this weekend, whether it be Sherwood or Murphy for for Kerry, um, maybe it'll be Kennedy for Tyrone. It'll be Sullivan or McCarthy. We'll talk about that in a second for for Dublin, and it'll probably be Boyle for Mayo all of them will kind of drop off and let their man drop back. So they, th- that gives you a certain element. So if it's Keane O'Sullivan or James McCarthy, they will kind of drop off and give an extent, which gives Aidan O'Shea, if he plays in centre forward, which I think he should, a bit of licence. And in that scenario, why I think he's better suited to being that slight, well, not better suited, but he can do that role slightly forward, isn't in terms of an attacking fence. What I'm talking about is, you know, those, remember the turnover against Tony Gall, he's, Railroads pattern. Remember the one you pointed this out to me after the league final. It was a great example where for Boyle's goal chance, which actually down by the sideline yeah. he uh, stood him up. They both came in the opposition half. That's where he got those turnovers, and that's why they're so powerful. And he's a guy who can really do that. And that would knock, like Mayo need to knock Dublin out of kilter. They need yeah. to do something to do that. And O'Shea further up and trying to turn over, like the, it suddenly becomes if Mick Simon is trying to carry a ball out from the back. 
of Jack McCaffrey and he's being railroaded by Aidan O'Shea it's a different proposition like to what, what he did to Sean Patton at the weekend exactly. that we talked about on Tuesday and he yeah. did that further up the field then it's not he's not he's not doing the boil job of sweeping off at the back he's doing that further up the field so that's why he kind of has a bit more license to do that there on the same time Paddy Durkin will probably take Jack McCaffrey interesting thought about Paddy Durkin uh, Durkin this year sorry He's marked Connor Francis from Down, Niall Kilroy from Roscommon, Stephen Campbell Armagh, Shane Walsh from Galway, Ryan McHugh, Donegal. That's five really good forwards. Um, two All-Stars. Stephen Campbell's had a brilliant year. Only one of them has scored off him. Only one of that five has scored off him this year, which is incredible. Yeah. So I think he's, he's tailor-made yeah, to take. That, I think that's the one matchup that's nailed on. I think, I, I don't know who's going to mark who in the back line, but I would be very, very surprised if Boyle stays in that role as a sweeper I think they're just going to push on to everyone and go should I for want of a better word man for man <laughs> yeah well who, who, who's going to play as the quote unquote centre forward for Dublin with the way thing now we think Dean, so, Dean, Dean Rock's going to play so it's going to be Kieran Kilkenny Kieran, isn't Kieran it Kenny, yeah. so yeah. Dean so, Rock will probably take Higgins and Kilkenny will probably start centre forward if Kilkenny is on Keegan I guarantee I absolutely guarantee he'll go in full forward because he'll try and get into the last line that's what this isn't everyone keeps going oh well Keegan marked him and did a great job in 2017 that was a different player that was the recycling yeah. out and about midfield this Kieran Kenny is a scoring machine like he's, he's incredibly finished so that's he'll to my go, point about him being at 11 then though if he's if, to Mark's point, like, can Boyle afford to let him off? See, I think... In that position, he probably can't. That's where I'm... T- t- and this is just, again, they might end up in different places or whatever, but that's why I'm thinking that Boyle could end up on O'Callaghan because if if Kilkenny goes into the full forward line, then O'Callaghan might come out. But I don't think... I don't know if he will because he's done such a brilliant job in there but as that what you Yeah, if you put the two of them inside, though, say you put Con and Con O'Callaghan and Kilkenny, two who are brilliant under a high ball, and yeah. we've seen that now this year. Conor Callan is actually a great feel. Like I'm not, he wins his ball. He's always on that. But a fielder over his head catcher, Conor Callan can do that job as well. That's a new threat, and you're kind of playing into their hands by doing that. You definitely need a man in front of them in that scenario. What I think they'll try and do is orchestrate a scenario where Niall Scully is allowed to drop off. So Scully drops into midfield, and then the players who try and consume him is Fionn McDonough, um, work like that. They're really hard-working half-back line. Darty won't play, so it'll probably be McLaughlin. But do you remember the? Do you remember in Sky Sports Studio after the game last week, and yeah. James Horn was at, was in there, and the first thing he said, I thought it was really interesting. We've talked about this a lot, uh, Mick, myself, and yourself especially. Mm-hmm. He's got an expectation on his forwards, the amount of turnovers that he wants. And the first thing he said when he got into the studio was, "Did you see that turnover Fionn McDonough got when he ran ninety yeah. yards with the worker?" It was the first thing he said when he got in there. I thought that was really yeah. telling in terms of the expectation he places on his half forward line so if Niall Scully like the reason they can actually allow someone to free up the way you're talking about it might be an issue if say for it to Scully come back then you just put the expectation like Phil McDonough like you're looking at him and saying you have to get back if you, he needs to be consumed in midfield when you any chance you get you just have to get back and cover him that's it's just your job now yeah I just think it's, it's to your point Mick that like if Kenny and O'Callaghan go into the full back line or full forward line I don't think you can sacrifice Lee Keegan to spend this whole game in the full back line well he won't because he's I don't think he's a full back defender that's when he swaps yeah. it so the reason that I think he takes I, Fenton that trade isn't there if he takes Kilkenny which I think seems to be a line of thinking that he will take Kilkenny and he goes in there he has to swap the cone and then I, I think you're wasting Lee Keegan if you don't use him to square off somebody which he could do on yeah. Fenton the other thing is on, we, have to, we have to talk about <laughs> have we gotten anywhere yet <laughs> well, we have to talk I don't about, have to agree we have to talk about Dublin as well right so Dublin it's been the Irish uh, Independent has a story today that James McCarthy is a cert start he, he, so James McCarthy is back in now we and don't know can we all agree that that unequivocally is the right decision and it's where we're going to disagree is who he replaces yeah yeah. so well it, where he, he'll, come, he'll either come in in defence or midfield that's it's we don't, we don't know right now the thinking is that Keanu Sullivan goes back to centre-back doing this job that all centre-backs are doing now, which is kind of dropping off, um, which would then, as I said, give Aidan O'Shea a bit of freedom. The other alternative is that you, you stick with Michael Darren McCauley and James McCarthy goes back, still, so James McCarthy comes back in, but doesn't play in midfield, goes back to centre-back. Yeah. So you, you're basically, what you're talking about is, that's, that's his choice right there. The other choice then is obviously, the, the only player who's started five championship games for Dublin this year is Davy Byrne. Now, I think I certainly would think he'd actually won't start this weekend, and he'll go back to the that trio of Cooper, Fitzsimons, and Philly McMahon. I think that would probably start. So, if David Byrne starts, somebody else might lose out 
but I don't think he will start. I think he'll go back to the, the trio that he, that he has. So the only real question is, who plays centre-back? So I have a third option for you on the centre-back issue, right? So for me, I think Michael Darren McCauley is playing a lot better at the moment in, in, and, and is a lot more impactful on the Dublin team this season than Keane Sullivan is. Keane Sullivan and Michael Darren McCauley obviously play very different roles. James McCarthy absolutely comes back into the team, has to play. But I think his athleticism might be a little bit wasted playing in that Keane Sullivan six role. Athleticism in defence, obviously not, but his attacking threat. And what I don't see is why James McCarthy doesn't go to his old role and play on the right side of um, the, you know, and that him and Jack McCaffrey basically offer a dual threat as attacking wing backs when you've got Scully and Howard ahead who can come back into midfield or you know, track back on the wing and help them out as well. I think it's a perfect opportunity to have a kind of a dual tread on the wings and then John Small or Keno Sullivan can take that role in the centre. Personally I'd go for Small. I actually think he's better suited. I think from what I've seen of O'Sullivan so far, and I could be wrong, and he's one of those players that's been around so long and has done so much in the game that I hope I'm wrong. But for me, it looks like O'Sullivan's legs have just gone that slight, slight bit that we're talking about all Ireland semi-final, all Ireland final level here, that he'd still be, you know, he still might look like the best player in the country, you know, in a club game. But I don't know if he's just quite there at this level anymore. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. I hope I am. Like, like the, I, I would assume, you, like the, the reason I would actually start Kino Sullivan, I would start Kino Sullivan, is because he's, he's a genius at doing that sweeper role. There, so we've known, like, the, we go back to the Mayo example, Cone we know exactly what James Horan wants. Like he wants two fours to stay up inside. He's screaming about it. Sending Colin told us that he's screaming about it. He took off Cone because he wasn't doing what he needed to do. That's why Morn came in. So whoever sticks inside there, I I think actually might be Morn, Morn and O'Connor or James Garrett. He wants them to stick. And the only way you're going to get goals against this Dublin team is by getting early ball into them. So they'll need a presence on their half forward line and somebody to drop. So Dublin, in terms of countering that, to me, needs somebody to drop off and cover in that aspect there. The way that that works right now is because if Keno Sullivan does that and Aidan O'Shea plays centre forward, Keno Sullivan can drop off. He doesn't have to, he won't be hunted the way Hurley hunted him against. Like, the problem with Keno Sullivan against Cork wasn't that he wasn't doing a good job as a sweeper. It's that he suddenly had to play as a centre back. He actually was, yeah. had to mark somebody. He was, all of a sudden, he was expected to go back to be a defender and he didn't do it well. Like, but is, is James Horan or everybody else, every other manager with half a brain, not going to see that? And say that actually we keep talking about everything that Mayo have to do to pay like it's almost in a negative way as how Mayo stop Dublin, but they're going to have a winning game plan as well. And one of them might be we have to target stick to O'Sullivan like glue. You'll win your battle. But say if they do that, Mick, like the they like obviously Jason Doherty is the perfect man for that, and he's torn his ACL. Yeah, but the problem there is that if you push. Like, so what you're doing is you're pushing your half forward in on top of O'Sullivan when he goes back drops back to sweep exactly. and then you're choking out the space you're leaving that a, your full forward line want yeah, exactly. it's a weird one that I think this Taylor, this game is tailor made for Keane O'Sullivan it's tailor made for Michael Darren McCauley and it's tailor made for James McCarthy like, mm. like, I, I think that's where you might be right both teams. that all three should start because O'Sullivan they need someone like O'Sullivan like, I, that's what, I wondered did, was it the system that they had against Cork that made O'Sullivan look as bad as he did rather than O'Sullivan to a point where the Cork weren't engaging. They weren't, they, he was like, you're going to drop in front of Hurley, we're just going to not kick it into Hurley then. And we're going to play around in front of you. And that space that you're leaving there, we're going to put the ball over the bar from that space that's left. Which yeah. is again, totally something that Mayo could still target at. But Mayo liked to get that ball into the full forward. They do, yeah. He was Sullivan sweeping. Mike Darren McCauley, in a game where Mayo are going to, uh, what was it I listened, I heard uh, Lee McKay said an off the ball the other day. He was like, the tactics were basically, uh, let down the field, force them to go down the field long, and then slap and smack everything that moves. <laughs> and that is, it's a good, it's a good. Macaulay is playing his best football in eight years exactly. this year. I would say, yeah, going to be someone who's going to be able to, bat, he's going to be able to withstand those that physical um, engagement, and is able to actually barrel through a couple of lads if if Mayo are going to stand up to you like that, and maybe release like if you had like if you've like whoever it is, Mamark and Kilkenny and. O'Callaghan in the full forward line or whatever, whatever forwards it is that it's hard to get the ball into first time give it to 
Michael Darren McCauley tell him you go on up there take a few lads with you and pass it off the shoulder and they'll be there on the loop to stick it yeah. over the bar or into the back of the net with their fist yeah or palm <laughs> <laughs> so like what Mayo want to set up it is Mayo wants I think want to set up a, a boy being a centre back being allowed to sweep back to cover to help that full back line that's what they want they want their midfield to square off they want Fenton to be taken out of the game they need a presence on the half forward line to do the the job that Gainey does for Kerry or the the link man role so it's the if you want to try and get a ball quickly early hit him and then hit your inside forward line one up that's what Horn wants like he wants them to so in an ideal scenario as Rory Grugan said to us last week you'd have 15 players behind the ball when you defend but you can't do that because you, you want to have a quick outlet to, so you could stop bodies moving back so to do that they need somebody present out the field and their two players inside if they don't have somebody so by pushing somebody up onto Keno Sullivan, whoever it is on is that presence at the half forward line, they 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 lose that. Yeah. McLaughlin did it against Armagh and got a goal out of it actually. Um they got two goals that day. They scored two goals against Mead. They scored did they score two goals against anybody else this year? Um but they, I think the, at minimum they have to set a, a target of two goals in this game and yeah. for that to happen I think it suits them more to let Keane Sullivan drop off and try and get move the ball quicker than he can drop back than he can drop back okay I understand that and I sorry I do want to make one more point because I don't want to like it might, what I said there might have come across as naive but I, I actually didn't mean it as a full time job I think there's more than one way yeah. to skin a cat in a way and, and what I'm talking about is keeping him honest so one other thing that Cork did other than just play an old-fashioned centre-forward was that they ran directly down his throat. And that was Cork's style, okay? And it might not be Mayo's. But you don't have to let every ball in. There's, you have to have a varied game plan anyway. And what I'm saying is that if you run right down Aquino Sullivan and, or there's a massive gap there that they're able to just take pot shots and pop it over the bar, that's, you know, I just think that you, you, can, you can just... I suppose get in the head that this isn't just a free roll that it looks like it is, you know, and that's just by playing. I think a little bit more of a very game plan. You're laughing at me. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing. It's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I was going to ask you next, Morris, is what's the spread going to be, and is this all for nothing? Because are we talking about 450 different possible game plans that could happen that will ultimately be the difference between a Dublin eight point win and a Dublin five point win? No, I I think the if Mayo can implement. That, my, my theory is that, that that what I just outlined there that's how Horn wants to play and it, so he, he'll try and like he'll try and do to your point about Keno Sullivan he'll try and do what they did to um, Daly against Galway they scored two goals against Galway as well that was the other game um, they'll try and do what they did Daly against Galway so you've got the the O'Connor and the Cone inside but then you that day as well you had Phil McDonough and Carr kind of pushing up in that that in space so they had enough men over that he like even though your centre-back is trying to drop off, he kind of just gets occupied by one of those yeah. players. You've got enough players up to do that. So the problem then that you'll encounter, that Mayo will encounter, is on the other side of the ball. And on the other side of the ball, if, you, if they could stop the Fenton-McCaffrey runners by Durkin and Keegan doing that job, they have a real chance. Like that's a, if, that, if they can impose that game plan, they've got a really, really good chance. Um, and spread. understand that Dublin are going to have their wins yeah, as well you yeah, know yeah, like they, they, it's almost not panicking and sticking to the game plan but, and having a bit of patience I but, think as well and, like. and that's my like to, the final point in this that's what I mean when I like I can understand why people say you know their only real match is Mayo but I don't think Mayo technically would have performed as well as Dublin ever but I do think the going back to that like the selfless roles like I think Moan will make those runs relentlessly just to try and lay off a hand pass to, to, to Kevin McLaughlin and he'll do that just like in terms of a selfless task, he's not trying to. He, he like I'd say more in, in his head thinks I could do the Conor Callan trick of beating five men and dropping the ball into my right foot and getting the early goal that he did. But he he won't for that sake. And Dublin have a lot of these kind of selfless players too. And it's like to a certain extent, I think Mayo kind of need to accept the fact that they aren't as good as team as Dublin mm. and just Keane just spoil Fenton and Derek can just track McCaffrey everywhere and just don't let him go and more make those runs all day, even if it's just for the sake of laying off for somebody else like I think this, there needs to be a certain element of like real kind of selfishness, this lack of ego which I think Mayo have yeah. but that's what it'll come down to I think Dublin have it as well like, I mean, do, have we mentioned absolutely. Brian Howard's name yet in the show <laughs> I think you mentioned Niall Scully once as something that he could do you know what I mean they're yeah. the definition of those players as well like, yeah, you know? it's going to be also interesting to see who comes in for Jason Doherty because I would say if you'd fit Jason Doherty Ruan and McLaughlin are brilliant people to be coming in for that like we're saying targeting the 55th minute when Dublin kick on the third quarter 
they're like when you used to play the when you play Australian international rules you always at the target of the third quarter what are they going to do when the Aussies hit us in the third quarter <laughs> um, like you bring on Ruan you bring on McLaughlin and they're able to take over from Keegan or from uh, Paddy Durkin if they need a break whereas if McLaughlin has to start then you're losing that I know I wouldn't be and mad about losing, starting McLaughlin yeah. and Moran because I think you're probably losing too much of your, of your impact players you're late in the game I'd the, want one of them or yeah, the other on, losing, at all times you're yeah. losing a bit of that injury like yeah. someone is able to concoct something in the last few minutes also I wonder do you start Andy Moran and bring on Darren Cohen and bring back on Andy Moran <laughs> that's not a bad point I was <laughs> like, Peter yeah but like Darren Cohen he hasn't had the form in the last oh, couple of games that he had at the start of the year. <laughs> and you will often see your players like that that have come in that are confidence players like that. That if they actually don't have, if the pressure's off them starting and they're looking over their shoulder and when is Andy Moore going to come on for me? And that, that they can actually be a bit, get a bit of a release and come on and have a far bigger impact than if they actually started. And that Cohen could end up being the hero for Mayo in the last 15, 20 minutes that he comes on and finds the shooting boots and he's flying. Thought the same actually. Listen, we've no more time. We have to talk about another semi final, and we're forty minutes into the show. What's the spread? The spread. There's a final point I want. Well, to make. God, a final, final <laughs> point. We're, I tell you, we're not. We're just giving the spread and nothing else. And carrying throne. This is a the, the, like. There's a. I asked somebody who noticed well about the, uh, who they reckon should take um, Fenton, and he reckons that Donald Vaughan should do a job on him. He thinks that Donald Vaughan is a man to. He, in an ideal world, it'd be O'Connor or uh, Jim O'Connor or Ruan, but he thinks that. Vaughn because he'd live with him on the ground now there's, the problem on that is through the other side but as the point is that when 90% of Dublin scorers go through Kilkenny if you want to square him off you put Keegan on him which I think is a really good point um, so that I, that's also an option just to, to put yeah, that I out there I also suggested that for Vaughn and Michael Murphy and Morris yeah. laughed me out of the thing yeah. for the exact same reasons for, well, and it, and, <laughs> but you see like Michael Murphy had more of a physical and, and also had you knew he was going in full forward for yeah. 20 minutes you know Brian Fenton's not going to do that it is slightly different and Vaughn Vaughn should have spoiled more and not competed with him uh, the spread is minus uh, three Dublin right Mark minus four Dublin Mark's going to get one point. Yeah, I thought it was definitely higher. I just I played a conservative. It's double minus five. Yeah. So yeah, you always add two. That's my been my rule. You also here, you also do have to remember, like we are going an awful lot on Mayo 2016, 2015, 2016, 2017, where they got within a point twice, drew twice in four in five games um, against Dublin. Their form since then hasn't been this. They've they've scraped into a semi final now. I think we're right to go on that because that's the exciting thing about it. But you understand from a from a backing point of view, as there is like Mayo, and this is the thing that you, that you go into all the other games. Like you went to Roscommon game, Dublin are going to win it. Cork game, Dublin are going to win it. Tyrone game, Dublin are going to win it. All the Leinster games, Dublin are going to win it. You go into this game and it's like Dublin Mayo could bloody win this game. And also, Dublin could win this game by 15 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if you get these close matches, in a, this is the last, last, last thing I'm going to ask. But it's it's me actually spinning a positive on the, the utter tripe that we've seen for an awful lot of the championship so far with obviously high moments. But if you end up with a close semi-final and a close final that Dublin are hanging on or they're scraping over the line and they win five in a row, like, does that make it worth literally them being a non-factor in the season up until now because there are those two or three teams that can ju- just when it gets to the business end that can just make them prove it yeah I th- like, uh, like it, do- it, well, it has been exciting for the last few years Dublin have been in the semi-finals and finals it hasn't been an issue watching Dublin you know? yeah like it, that's all you want you want someone to ask yeah. a question of them I th- it's and just that's why it, structure like there's nobody yeah. in exactly yeah and I do think Mayo like I know you're right about Mayo's form this year, but I mean, I, I was at the game in 2017 when they lost to Galway, and I was like, I, same thing, I was like, this team won't go anywhere. They, uh, who dropped them to extra time? Yeah, Cork. Cork brought them to extra time in 2017. Yeah. yeah. So I think they I, only beat Clare by a couple of points in Ennis that so, year as yeah, well. Yeah. I, I, all you want is this two late goals. Somebody posed a question of them, and I think Mayo were as well suited as anybody to do it this weekend. So. Yeah, can't wait. I would love it if Cork beat them. Yeah. Also, can we talk about the fact that we're, we're walking out instead? One of them turned to the, one of them turned to the other one. Ashford's great to be back in Division One. I'm, I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. We have not resorted to that. Let Cork beat them, and 
Catherine Tipperary goal. But I'll tell you, you can tell him now, if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title. And I'll tell you now, they're no, still we'll fighting for this title. And they've got to go Cork and get something. And he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. I think they're at home against Cork. We, do, we just say things like that. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. I would love it if Cork beat them. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Perry uh, Throne, Mark, I'm going to skip the preamble and go straight to the postamble and we'll go back around and tell us to why what's going to happen, but immediately from you, I want the spread. Oh, wait, no, hold on a minute. I need to, I can only come up with the spread through thinking about it. Okay, okay. But, like, right. However, I still want All this week, <laughs> all this week, I've been, geez, like, it's hard to even know who's favoured for it, never mind what the spread is. All this week, I've kept saying to everybody that Kerry Tyrone is one of the most appetising semi-finals in recent memory. That it's it's going to be a great. It could be it could be the game of the weekend. I know that sounds that that, that doesn't sound like a big thing to say when there's only two games on. But everybody is talking about Dublin and Mayo. We spent forty six minutes here already talking about Dublin and Mayo. Uh, I've been thinking this the whole way through. Yet as I was saying this morning, I spent an hour in the car up thinking about Dublin and Mayo, and as I was walking from the car into the office, I thought, Jesus, Kerry and Tyrone. Never thought of that at all either. Like, even me knowing this, I'm still not paying enough attention to it. And, like, I think we just, we, everybody needs to be awake to the fact that this is going to be a great game. Morris doesn't think it will be, though. Well, I don't think... You I, don't think the clash is going to suit uh, the viewer? It might be a fascinating yeah, sorry, game, say, but it's fa- not going to be... When I say great, I mean fascinating. I don't mean it's going to end up 220 to... Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Or, yeah, like the but a low scoring game can be good to watch as well. It's just that this could be a stalemate, I suppose. Yeah. It's the other side of it. Yeah, like the, yeah, like the, the big question is how Tyrone set up. I think we all know what what Kerry are going to do and and how Kerry are square off in them. So you, like we talked about the big three for Dublin, the big three to here is Hart, Donnelly, and McShane, and it's pretty. Like, I think it's pretty straightforward, really, what they'll do with all three. Like I think McShane Morley takes him. Um, Donnelly, I actually think Gavin Crowley will live with him. And then depending on where Harth plays, if Harth is trying to, if they're going to try and combat Stephen O'Brien, I think Harth will go on that. I don't think they will do that. I think they're trying to use him as a as an outlet. And in that case, I think somebody like Shane Enright goes and hunts him in, in, in a scenario like that, depending on who how they square off against that. It'll be interesting to see, like, if you look at it, you'll probably put, Owen McNamee will take David Clifford, you think. Um, I actually think Michael McKernan might take Stephen O'Brien. You've got... So then, who'll take uh, Ganey? If in an ideal scenario, I think Park Hampsey should start and take Ganey, right? If you look at the two teams that started recently. So then that leaves you with Tiernan McCann, Ben McDonald, um, uh, Hugh Pat McGeary, Brian Kennedy, uh, or, or Roy Brennan for the last three spots. So you're, you're trying to box off who'll play who. Brian Kennedy is an option for Stephen O'Brien. Like he's that probably athletic enough. Um, living living on that side, even if it's Gavin White starting as a half forward, I think you mo- you might put him in. So then you're down to two spots. Tiernan McCann would give you something going the other way um, and then you've got Brennan which means the McGeary doesn't start but it com- comes off the bench and has an impact that way but I think we all like it, it, we're all know that the front Matty Donnelly and I Sudden Connor Moyler Peter Hart Colin McShane and Dart McCurry will start like the front six yeah. is probably applicable enough I'd say I think Richie Donnelly's back in midfields like I don't understand how he couldn't be after the game he had last weekend so Brian Kennedy was an option there if you put him in the wing on somebody like O'Brien you free a spot there Colm Cavanagh comes and you've got um, Richie Donnelly to with an, as an option there. If not, you go back to what you had, and he goes off the bench. So the big question mark is: Will Matty Donnelly push up? Right? Will Matty Donnelly push up? And so in that scenario, you'll have kind of two out balls up there and thirteen back, which is still, it's I think it's a reasonable balance for how Tyrone want to play. But when you look at Tyrone, I don't know if they will do that. And if they don't do that, I think the it might spoil the game and their chances. Yeah, it's... There's sort of an elephant in the room. Not an elephant in the room. I don't know what the phrase is. In terms of that everybody seems to be... There's a secret that Mickey Hart has and we all seem to be in on it, which is that he's going to put Matty Donnelly and Colin McShane up front against Dublin in the All-Ireland final and doesn't want to play that card too early and had to do it against Cork and everyone's like, oh, look. Now, we all were like, oh, they've abandoned that after the Donegal game. But I just wonder were they going like, you know, the... That that's something special they've got planned for Dublin. Do they have to? Like, they might have to pull that out, rabbit out of the hat 
against Kerry as well. And that's exactly what you're saying, Morris, and that's going to be interesting to see. Now, Mick, I'm sorry, because we completely ignored your request, which was to just give the handicap and then get into it. So I'm going to do it midway through. I'm going to say the handicap is Kerry minus one. Morris. I'm not even, I, that was, I have it written down. That was my answer. I'm not even answering. I quit. You have to answer. I'll, I'll say it's, I know it's, it has to be. Well, Kerry. I think it's Kerry minus one. Or, I, I, I'll, I'll say, Ooh. I'll say it's, I'm going to say it's Tyrone minus, I know it's Kerry minus one. It's, it, it's no written in the stars. I'll say there's no handicap. I'll Why say do you tell him to say that? <laughs> oh, Mark. It's, it's relax. It's, it's Kerry minus <laughs> one. <laughs> It ricocheted into my eye and it's all fun and games, Mark, as you know, until someone loses an eye. You are winning 3-0, but we're going to have a little bit more. You haven't won yet and I'll tell you why in a while because we're going to have a, a, an extra special game, but we have to still talk more about this match first. I just have one thing to say. We have a thing on the build-up, our other podcast uh, preview in the weekend. We had we discussed a couple of possible uh, bets for the weekend. One of them that I'd love to see is David Clifford not to score from play. I don't think that the do-up odds on that, but I'd like, it's just a, we have a thing called the Big Shout where we come up with mad, ridiculous predictions for the weekend on the podcast and I, I'm coming up with a Big Shout on Mm. this podcast. It has to be over 25 to 1 and that's not going to be this, that that wouldn't be over 25 to 1, but, yeah, no, I'm just saying for this one, I was going to go with a mad prediction. Can we we talk about Seamus Moynihan's, you brought up David Clifford, can we talk about Seamus Moynihan's comments about David Clifford? So, like this will be dismissed as errorism or whatever, but uh, and actually uh, Moynihan is Clifford's manager with Fossa, I'm pretty sure. But so Moynihan, James Moynihan did an introduction this week, and just one of his comments was um, on David Clifford, and he said, "Quote against Donegal, he got absolutely no protection. The referee was doing the show on his uh, on his own that day, and he got no help from his linesmen or his umpires. And it baffles me and Crow Park how a team can get away with the off the ball stuff like that. Fingers crossed, they'll be a little bit wise to this because nobody wants to see a great player like that being muscled or taken out of a game because he's been pulled or dragged down to the ground. Now you can, to a certain extent, you can call that yerism and typical carrying trying to get one up on the referee, which is probably true, but it doesn't make him wrong." I actually think he's right on the... We brought it up on the time on the podcast as well. Like, I was in at that game. And it's just... It's so frustrating to watch that kind of... A player being taken out. Literally taken out. Like, lying on top of him in that way. I, I think he probably has a point. And it goes back to our... Nobody's better than throwing it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and I think... See, to a certain... Like, McNamee is going to take Clifford. So, he's going to... He's in for an adventure. McNamee's going to take him. And Colin Cavanagh is going to be within an hour of them as well yeah. Yeah. that's why it's no criticism of David Clifford I'm predicting this it's like McNamee has been an incredible man marker the whole way through the year and you've got yeah if he finds his range at all though like he's one of those like he'll get a shot and can shoot off both sides and then some days you watch him and they only go over when he's on the left and the right ones don't they go wide but he'll always keep going for both and some days yeah. they all like they did in uh, against Mayo they all just go over like you if know? you look at like McMenamum and uh Hugh McFadden are almost like uh, McNamee and Callum Cavanagh light. <laughs> so yeah. it's just that it's going. To, they're going to target probably. If you're looking at Toronto, they're going to be like, if we can stop Clifford, like whatever. But Gainey's going to get on ball. That's what field. I'm saying. Like Gainey could get one yeah, five. Then like, the way you know? Dublin play, he's going to get on ball and he's going to be looking for Clifford. Oh wait, sorry, sorry, Dublin, Dublin, Kerry. It's that ball in. Like, do you stop? It's it's the the age old question. Do you stop the ball? Do you stop the man delivering the ball in from outfield or do you stop the options, but cut the, off the options? And they're probably going to be in Toronto and they're going the, to try and cut off the options. The template from this year, though, the template, and not just in terms of this carry game, the template from every team, the ball the ball that these teams want to hit is like a 60 to 55 yard metre ball into that half forward line. It's the Michael Murphy to McBrady ball that he wasn't able to do because Keegan was up his air. So he doesn't, wasn't able to do that that day and you could see the effect that it had on McBrady. That's the ball, that's the supply they want to hit. The player who's done that best all year is David Moran. Dave, so Dave Moran is, he's tailor-made, he drops off, he's lying deep and he hits, like we even think up on site, um, his passing map against Mayo. And if you look at the, how positive his passing map is, but it's also, it's all into the same area. It's that kind of half-forward role, him hitting the ball there because he's unchallenged. Vaughn wasn't pushing up on him. Uh, against Mead, it, Gavin White took Keohan. Menton wasn't really tracking him back, so Moran was able to do it as well. He'll drop off and get on the ball. So is the solution there is obvious. It's to go hunts him out. When you lose the ball, don't drop back. 
go after it's but it's a that is a proactive move it's you you attack it it's, you attack the ball at source it's the best it's the easiest thing in the world like make it it's same thing in hurling like if you've got a good distributor you go after your distributor you don't try and stop the ball who is aiming who is going to land at you, yeah, you, you, yeah. Go, you, you push up on him which means that and also a perfect ball a perfect diagonal ball is undefendable no matter how many people you have on exactly it well. yeah. Like, yeah so in that scenario you don't have just two men up donnelly and mcshane you have a third one who's going to press morin but that throws everything into out of kilter and it's a massive evolution and a change from what Tyrone have done all year. So that plays into Kerry's hands. So then you've got, in an ideal scenario, you'll have Ganey out on the, the 45 line and then the the, 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 the ball carriers, the water carriers as, as we call them, like your Whites, your Stephen O'Reins, they'll come on, onto the ball there. So even if, if he's suddenly, if you can get, if you can, as you said, hit Ganey and you're like, well, what will you do with it out there? Once it's there... It goes back to the Dublin forty-five thing. Once it's there, it's just about taking the right option. It's about if even if it's not hitting clear, it's Sean O'Shea, uh, White, O'Brien, Spillane coming onto the ball. Then and it doesn't matter if you can't hit your inside supply because once you're on the forty-five, you've got one, more than one dimension as opposed to Tyrone, who really only have one dimension when they get that far. And that's like Tyrone could beat this care team easily, beat this team if they go out and try and do that but that's it's a it's a really weird game to analyze because i don't know if they will do that like if they will be that takes a that's a it's a step into the unknown for a tyrone team who haven't beaten a non-ulster division one team since 2008 and i think there's a reason for that i've two quick things to say Uh, one of them is a question for you as a as a worry for Kerry. but like one thing is there's an issue with tyrone's momentum is that like they definitely got to the stage where they needed that break before the Dublin match, that they'd played so many games in a row, but they'd been, you know, they looked a little bit tired by the time they played Cork, but they were building up their performances up until that time, got to play Cork, thought thought they looked a bit leggy, pulled it out of course they were going to, but they've basically, because of the team they picked last week, they've taken two weeks off, and there's, there's a question as to how that works, right, is that right, they've had that rest that they needed, they're starting again now, or... Does it stem that kind of momentum where they were getting so much just minutes, like you know reps as they'd call it in you know in the NFL, like you know is that they were just they were so much game situation that they were playing that they were just they they, they all knew where the runners were, they knew their system so so inside out. I don't know if they needed two weeks off. Funnily enough, I think one would have done them if that Dublin match had anything to play for at all. That was of any use, I suppose. You know, I think that w- they would have been better off. The other side of it then is that Kerry are almost in the perfect scenario because what they didn't have was a full-on week off against Mead, but they rested the lads they had to, you know, um, but they got a bit of game. I think Kerry definitely more used to playing in fits and starts as well, and they've had a lighter year all year, and I just wonder when it comes to it, uh, you know, Tyrone might have had the worst of both worlds here. They might be leggy by the end of the game because they've played so many games, but also they might not start too well because they've lost that sort of flu- fluidity that they would have had by the time they played, you know, Cork or, or early in the Super Rates was common. Yeah, it's a, like that's a it, it's a good note to finish analysis on because I think it's the most. I've one more thing. I've I've asked. Asked. <laughs> I said two well. things, <laughs> and, and I, I warned you before we started the podcast to remind me to make this point, and, well, it's, and well, it's indicative of let, the point let, I need to make. Let him make these points, and then we'll finish with our two things. It's telling, right, Mickey Hart. Um, the Mickey, there was an exchange between Mickey Hart and the journalist Carrie O'Kane uh, after a game recently. There was this was in the Sunday Times last week, and Mickey Hart was arguing that his strategy has been offensive all year, and that he said, like, "Look, we put two fifteen up on uh, Longford, massive scrolling up on Kildare. Um, obviously, their first two Super Eight games as well. Now, my my Cavan, Cavan, geez, yeah, one twenty <laughs> against Cavan. Uh, my counter argument to all of that would be that wasn't down to style that was down to he outlasted outlasting teams like they're a way fitter team than and we've talked with this a lot like their yeah. conditioning and the effects Donnelly has had and what is that that has done for them now Kerry are in a unique example this year in that Kerry's hired um, Jason McGahan the old Armagh underage star to come in as their athletic coach so he's in an official capacity working across teams he was with the team in the previous um eras but left to go to Calair with Keen O'Neill and is now back now this is a guy like Mark this guy is um, like the the level of science that's going into this is, is, is incredible they actually some of the players now they have an app and they get daily they get put in feedback on their stress levels sleep patterns uh, other external factors like aches and pains so this is monitoring them daily and so that's the level of 
preparation that this, the, our scientific background and research it's just so forensic what he's going into so I don't think Kerry and Shane Enright actually cited this during the week Ken, Shane Enright said you know uh, in other years we might have faded off towards the end of games but this year we've done a lot of hard work and that's where the physical training comes in so you can last 75 or 80 minutes because that's the way it is so I think the Kerry are way more in a better position to last with Tyrone and I that as what Mick mentioned there I think Tyrone will still like, they're a phenomenally well conditioned team and they will still Athletes, that, like, yeah. but I think Kerry are in a much better place this year to match them than they were in past years and the last thing then and it's on where Kerry are placed to match them it's you know we don't have to go into it in too much detail but I think what we're forgetting going into this is how big a thing an All-Ireland semi-final is against Throne in front of what we talked about maybe 65,000 something and just because you're from Kerry doesn't mean you're immune to that and what we're forgetting here is that this Kerry team are so bloody young and they haven't really been here before an awful lot of them. And do you know where I think that might come out or whatever? You've been talking about how good a job Shane Ryan has done and how like genius a move that was by Peter um, Keane to be bringing him in and kind of develop that as a new style goalkeeper. But if you think how important kickouts are going to be, you've got Niall Morgan on the other side. Niall Morgan's been there, done that, best at it, be, you know, bet one or 1A one as to how good you can be in that role. And he's just going to be calm the entire way through and get that job done. Whereas Kerry, with Ryan at the start, and then everybody else around him, you only need one or two of those lads to be a little bit starstruck by the occasion or a little bit awestruck, I suppose, and a little bit kind of um, just not at their best, maybe too hyped up or anything like that. And the whole system collapses. And that's primary possession gone. Yeah, you know, So either that's the goalkeeper or any of those yeah. outfield players. Definitely, but I just don't know about against Tyrone because Tyrone are probably just going to concede the kick out to them anyway. So there's going to be that the whole game cornerback. I think they might. Yeah, like they shouldn't. I think they might. I don't know if they will. They pressed up against Donegal and got apps annihilated. Well, and, yeah, and, 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 and haven't that, done it since. And yeah, haven't done it since. And well, going back to the David Moore point, like that, it's really interesting you say that because even in that scenario, if there was a meltdown, his I think his go to it put it out on top of David Moore. And if yeah. Tyrone aren't hunting David Moore as they should, like as they they should, but if they're not. Then he's a, he's a free option. Like yeah. that's, it's a, well, it's a regular and routine outlet. It's almost like something that Tyrone should look at in a way. Now, not even to change their entire style, but just to almost target. And it doesn't. All targeting doesn't have to be physical and dirty either. But just target like the fact that David Clifford is twenty, the fact that Sean O'Shea yeah. is twenty, the fact that all these other lads around them are twenty-one, and Charlie the fact that they've got a goalkeeper yeah. who's never been here before. There's a lot you can do to put a bit of pressure on. That's just marking, like really, you know. Yeah. I think there's no doubt that Tyrone will do that. Yeah, but they'll do it by digs in the back. <laughs> it's a different well, thing. Point, and I know we're out of time, so I don't even need you to respond to it. I just need it to be put out in the open because I keep forgetting to say it. And it's uh, ironic because what I wanted to talk about was the fact that nobody ever talks about Conor Myler. And he has been brilliant for Tyrone, I think, throughout the year. And that if Tyrone, if Kerry are looking at matchups, I think someone needs to be tasked with following him around the middle and trying to min- uh, minimise his effect on the game because he will get on so much ball and he'll just keep Tyrone ticking along and he's a he's a gurrier for work and I think that he, he low-key deserves an all-star and someone needs to someone needs to sort him out if they're to beat them. Okay. I don't, again, I don't mean... I mean sort them out in a... As Father Ted would say, in a Julie Andrews way, not in a yeah. Pacino way. <laughs> Mark's going for Tyrone. I genuinely haven't the clue. I wouldn't be surprised on Monday what way happens in, 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 in that game. I do think Dublin will probably just scrape it out against Kerry. Who are you going for in that semi-final? Uh, it, if, if Mayo can impose their game in Dublin, Mayo will win. Uh, but I think Dublin will win because I don't think they'll be able to do that. If Tyrone can change up and, and if they do, they'll beat Kerry. I don't think they will. So therefore, I'm saying Kerry will win. Okay, right. Interesting. Before we go, we've had... Uh, it's 3-0 to Mark in the real game. Forget about the All-Ireland semi-finals. Yeah. We have to finish up with this because we've been doing a kind of a yes-no show. It's yes-no question. 20 questions, I suppose, is probably a little bit yes, more. Yes-no game show. 20 questions. Yeah, you're not allowed to say yes or no in the yes-no game show. You've completely... Re- it's not that. That's, yeah, uh, okay. Okay. It anyway, isn't. we don't have time for It isn't, anyway. but anyway. Uh, so actually, Sean McGowie, one of our uh, loyal listeners, has sent in a couple of suggestions here. I'm going to do one of them, and it's worth three points. So if Morris gets it right... We'll have a playoff, which will be another one, right? But, Mark, you can get it too, okay? So you get one this question at a time. What GA club am I thinking of? Who gets to go first? You do. Are they You're leading. a hurling club? No. Are they a Munster club? No. Leinster? No. Connacht? No. They're Ulster? Yeah. Are they in the six counties? They are. So they're primarily a football club? Yes. Are they in Armagh? No. Are they in 
Tyrone? No. Are they in down? No. They're, <laughs> they're primarily a football club. They're primarily a football club, yeah. I think anyway. <laughs> no, they are, yeah, yeah. Are they in Fermanagh? No. Are they St. Calls? Yes! <laughs> 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 well played. Six nil. What if they were from Derry? No, I just went for just. Okay, so we don't. We'll keep. We'll keep the other uh, suggestion from Sean until next week. So, and we'll just declare Mark. Like, what a comeback from a four 0 defeat last Lads, week. The pace he of the game last s- week didn't suit me. I my mean, head wasn't in it. My head wasn't right. Got into it. Hadn't prepared properly. We'll, ha- we'll have to have. Sleep. We'll have to have a special. We'll we'll do all kinds of bets, all kinds of uh, handy uh, guessing, and the game for the hurling final next week. But do we do something maybe where we get? Uh, We'll have a, a three a three way game next week. We could get Gary in to do the handicap, and the three of us go up against each other. And then for the final football final, we give Gary the opportunity to reclaim the, the, the belt that's rightfully his. Okay. him going up against two other pe- two, two yeah, of us. Yeah, fair and, enough. Yeah, let's do that. Sounds good, lads. Enjoy the games this weekend. I know we will. Um, I'm going into. I'm working for him, and I'm going into the game on Sunday. Um, and the two boys, as they mentioned, are off gallivanting. <laughs> in the hinge rainy West Clare alright lads take it easy